Zach Eflin has looked pretty darn good tonight, which is great because our next guest is a big Zach Eflin guy and was predicting a big, big year for Zach Eflin. Joining me right now, the Dr. Glatt, regrow your hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading at restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is the one they call Jigsaw. Tony Cotillo at tcotillo23. You can follow him on Twitter. All right, Tony, I know you're uh, Zach Eflin's biggest supporter, so uh, give me the breakdown. What, what have we seen from Eflin? Uh, obviously, it's been pretty darn good. Oh, man, John. First of all, lo- lo- love the Friday night scene. I appreciate you It's so much fun on a Friday night with you. It is. It's great. Man. Listen, when you're, when you're a middle-aged married guy with kids, I ain't doing nothing else. You're Friday living for Friday nights, before. basically. Right. Exactly. You know, well, you know, add a little smack, that little Friday night smack. Oh, there, there we go. Right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but besides that, listen, Zach is, he is throwing flames. He is throwing fire, and that's. Listen, we talked about Zach being the X factor, right? And again, he's going to have his ups and downs, but he he looks so much more in control on the mound. His delivery looks more crisp. His location is better. I mean, he he was at eighty eight pitches and in, in six and a half innings, so you could tell his control was really coming around. He's really important. I mean, listen, we already know what we have with Nolan Wheeler, but you need that third guy, especially if you're going to battle Atlanta and Washington and the Mets in this division. So I think this is a, a, a boost of confidence, not only for Zach, but for the team as a whole. Yeah, it is. And Eflin kind of has, his repertoire reminds me a little bit of Aaron Nola's, and that it's mainly the two-seam fastball, that or two-seam sink or whatever it is. Uh, that thing is just wicked. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. great for him recently, but I, I feel like he's been using it a lot in different spots. He's been using it as a strikeout pitch, but also, I mean, early in this game, uh, he had a runner on and easily got a double play because he keeps it on the ground. I, I think he's just really in a groove right now and has, and has found kind of the way he wants to pitch and how he wants to utilize his pitch repertoire, and that's that's all really important, right? I think for Zach Eflin, he's starting to find out who he really is as a pitcher. And that's a great thing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, listen, he, he's a, a very, uh, you know, intimidating presence on the mound. He's a big dude. Stock, yeah. Right? I mean, when, so you have a guy on the side, and he's got a really big leg kick, and, you know, it, it, the delivery is over the top. I mean, everything he does, it, you know, he, he disguises his pitches very, very well. And that was what we always liked about him coming up, is saying, if this kid can get three pitches down pat, maybe add in a fourth, he could be pretty deadly. And the best thing is, Johnny doesn't have a lot of pressure on him because he's the third pitcher in his rotation, which means he's normally, you know, except for postponement of that nature, going to face the number three pitcher on the other team. So uh, it, it's a pretty good advantage for Zach to be able to learn on the fly here, but a huge part of the Phillies going forward if they're going to make the playoffs and go deep in a, you know, on a World Series run one day. Now, is Zach Eflin in your DFS lineups? He was not. Oh, he I was left not, out. Right? That must have mean there not. were a couple pitchers that were good, though. That must have meant hey, he was not. So, so you know, it's it's hard when you look at it. It's like, uh, you know what? He 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 looked good. I know my buddy J- Javon Alper from J- DraftKings. Yeah, dude, Who was on with the daily ticket with Sean Brace today? So yeah, shout yeah. out to Javon. He's awesome. He's a great guy. We go back and forth. He was on a fancy firebox with me last week, and you know we go back and forth with lines. And he had a big Philly stack. Surrounded around Zach Eflin tonight, and I got to I got to tip my hat to him, man. He did good. He's doing really, really good. Yeah, uh, you do have Max Scherzer in your lineup tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was it a little bit of an aces? It was a big slate, so it was really 
I think fourteen games, man. Fourteen games. Those are tough. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, fourteen games before the the snow postponement. I oh mean, which is crazy. I mean, how many snow postponements? It's are you funny. Catch? It's funny that every DFS article I see now is like, okay, Jacob Degrom's going in, got to use him for like the past two three days, and obviously because of rainouts and snow, uh, we have not still seen Jacob Degrom yet. So just copy and paste what was put in the last article, put it in the next one for Jacob Degrom. Uh, but, yeah, it's a shame. But, yeah, the, the lineup was tough today. Yeah, it was. And, and you, listen, it all depends on what you want to spend, right? So, you know, Zach Eflin was good because he was at a really good number. Uh, but I decided to go with Scherzer. I paid up at 10-4, which I, you know, was pretty confident, uh, hoping it's 0-0 right now. But he has 28 points because he has 19 outs and 8 strikeouts. But, you know, I, I kind of went a different direction. I always look at the matchups, right? So Miami Marlins, to me, kind of stink. Uh, I'm not really worried about them. So at 8,100, you know, I, do, I, I go with Di Sclafini, you know, and I figure, you know what, he could give me seven, eight innings right now. He's, you know, right now it's top of the seventh. It's 1-1, San Francisco over Miami, you know, with Miami tied yeah. up. So, and he has 18 points. So, you know, it's, and I keep telling everybody, it's not about the wins. I don't need the Ws. I need the outs. And strikeouts. Strikeouts strike to the big one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Need the Ks. Um, you're always going to look at that. So, on one hand, I will tell you, when you're formulating your MLB DFS lineup, I always look at the opposing team and where they rank in strikeouts. If they're if they're a big strikeout team, they're, that's my target right there. I'm looking at those top three teams that night and looking at who's facing them on the other end. And is, that's kind of where I go. Is Ronald Acuna in every single lineup that you have? <laughs> no, yeah, listen, he started off slow, right? He did. He, he actually he, did, yeah. He's on a tear. Him and Otani are on an absolute tear. They are. Uh, you know, Justin Turner is another guy who's on a tear for the Dodgers. He's he's been going off. Another guy, John, that people aren't talking about is Evan Lagoria. You know, the, the ageless veteran for San Francisco. San Francisco is playing pretty well with, with Mister uh, Mister Gabe Kapler out there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to give some props to Mister Evan Lagoria because he's a nice find. I'll tell you that if you're putting your DFS lineup in. He's only costing about forty-five to forty-seven hundred. He's under five thousand, and he's doing really well for at the hot corner. So another guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I mean, those two Acuna and Otani are doing Ooh. so so well. Um, can they keep it up though? Like, obviously, now comes the question of you know these two guys obviously are on a tear. Which one do you think has a better chance of eventually getting uh, maybe an MVP or at least being uh, high up in the race and, and being a front runner at some point? I think it's definitely Acuna, only because I don't I don't trust the health of Otani. I think he's one of those guys. He he is like Robo Man out there, RoboCop out there. It really is. Like, <laughs> and he does it all right. But I'm all he he has that Gronk factor to me. I'm afraid that you know he's just going to get hurt. He's going to get overused because he does so much. So I think right now the Angels still have to calculate how to use this guy. How much? What's too much? You know, are you already seen it in his first start? I mean, the guy's coming off of Tommy John, so you have to really be careful. So, if I was a bet man, which obviously we are on the stage, yes, we I are. Would go, I would, I, Betting right? men and women. Oh, yeah, I love Ronald Acuna Jr. I, yeah, I said, me too. I said, even in the off season, like this guy, this guy could win an MVP because you look at his numbers, and I think the the easy thing was to point at. 250 batting average. And I'm like, well, if you look at everything else, it tells you that that 250 batting average is probably going to go up and he's probably going to hit a bunch of homers this year and he's probably going to be great and have an OPS over 1,000 for the first time in his career. 
And all of that looks like it, it may come true this season. Uh, we're talking with Tony Jigsaw Cotillo on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Follow him at TCatillo23, Heat Ratio Sports, at Heat Ratio Sports on Twitter. A lot of great shows. Again, I'm biased. I like this show called Diamond Talk. Very good show. Uh, might be a little biased. Nepotism in there. It's all right, though. That's a good thing. Um, so I, I think one... One thing I've been looking at with Major League Baseball that I just can't figure out is the American League. What in the heck is the American League? Do we have any idea of who the good teams are yet or not? Because like the Yankees, I want to say, and they probably will end up being fine. But I look at their starting rotation, I go, really? This this team is the one that's the, the heavy favorite in the American League? Like I, I don't know if I can really trust any of that. Like what what's the team in the American League right now? You know, whether or not they're having a great start or a bad start, whatever it is, which one at this point do you trust the most? Man, that's a tough question. That is a tough question. I, I was it, I was it, hoping it, you could answer because I can't figure it out either. <laughs> I still say it's the Angels. I, I still say it's the Angels. I you know, I, I I said this in the off season. I, I still say it again. For my money, uh, obviously the best lineup that Montreal has ever batted in. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they go four or five deep, big lumber, big power bats. They have the pitching staff. They, you know, under under Joe Madden, which I think is a, a tremendous coach, something that was definitely missed. I, I put all my trust in the Angels. I honestly, the Yankees, uh, listen, the problem with the Yankees is they just can't stay healthy. They never could stay healthy. You know, Aaron Judge, who knows, going to get a stint on a DL. You already know that, right? You know, LeMay, who was playing out of his mind, will that continue? I'm not sure, but I, I just I can't trust them to continue to go. One team I will tell you that I, I, I keep an eye on is Toronto. Uh, you know, when you have young guys in that lineup that just are oozing with confidence and have nothing to lose, and we all know who we're talking about with Biggio and Bichette and with Guerrero, right? You, you have those guys. You have Hernandez in there as well. I mean, it's four big guys in that lineup. They can have all, all at the same time. They're going to be a really good team to watch. So I, I want to go to the Sixers game a little bit because I feel like I do have to update. It's 88-87 now, the Sixers and Clippers. Sixers have a one-point lead Ooh. at 7 minutes, 40 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Okay, Tony, so it's uh, it's obviously not the 12-point lead that they had at the half. Um, you know, it, it's been happening now two games in a row where they, they get good lead, they've been playing well, and then late in the game they kind of – Keep a team in close. You know, I, I think they end up winning eventually with the Clippers. I, I I was talking with Gerald in the last hour, and, you know, we, we just kept talking about how it's hard to evaluate any team in the regular season right now because we're not seeing any of them at full strength. And let's be honest, we're not seeing the Sixers at full strength. Um, but what do we what do we make of the Sixers right now? Even though they had a win against Brooklyn, it was only a six-point win, though, and they were playing scrubs except for Kyrie. Tonight, they're not playing... Kawhi Leonard, but you know, also the Sixers don't have Tobias and Seth. It's just it's hard to evaluate them right now. So, what are you making of their past few games, at least right now? Because it's just to me really hard to evaluate. It, it is it, you're right. It is, John. It's, it, it's hard to evaluate. But what I can say is that Brooklyn game is it, it's very troublesome to me, and the reason why is because you know everybody is so hypocritical. You know, in this town, they really are because everybody's saying. A W's a W, and I don't necessarily believe that. I understand that we have to win games. I get it, and a win is a win. But when you're playing your competition without their three big guns, basically, because even though Kyrie was there, he only played 70% of the game. So 
you literally went took a team who has a, a very young bench. Uh, you gave them ultimate confidence to the fact that you had to put your studs back in the game at the end to pull that out. That's a bad sign. And the reason why it's a bad sign is because they're the kind of games that, yes, even though you won, you actually lost. So for all the people that say, oh, that was a W, I, I, I begged it different. That was a loss to me. Because you gave that Brooklyn team, and the reason why I say hypocrites, John, is because these are the people that are telling me it's all about chemistry. It's all about can they play together. Well, guess what? You just gave them confidence that that bench can already play together. So I can bet you any amount of money, I'll flip a switch tomorrow, that KD, Kyrie, and Harden will definitely learn how to play together when the playoffs start. Yeah, and that's that's the tough part. Again, with the evaluation of trying to figure out anything about the NBA is, you know, I don't know what the Sixers look like against the Nets full strength. I don't know what the Nets look like full strength. And it's, I think with the Sixers, it's harder to find out anything because we need to see it in a playoff atmosphere game. And, you know, if they're playing a team full strength like the Nets, then we go, all right, this is what they can maybe do against that team. With the Nets, it's a little easier because um, I don't think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have to prove anything. And even though James Harden hasn't nope. won a damn thing, he still has won a lot of games uh, and is still has that type of pedigree. But he's also with two guys that have won a championship. So I think th- the easy part is we can project the Nets to be very good. But the Sixers, we just we don't know yet. And that's why I think that's the concern that you're raising right now. Like, not that the Sixers can't. It's just that we don't know right. yet. And now, all of a sudden, the Nets, even though we don't know what they're going to look like full strength, they're now their bench is starting to look okay. And, you know, that's the type of thing that makes the Nets even stronger. Yeah. I, you know, even though we don't have a lot to go on as far as, you know, what this matchup is going to look like, number one, it's going to be fun as hell. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it really is. Right? I mean, no matter what, it's going to be fun. But... I, you know, again, listen, everybody listening, I want the Sixers to win. Everybody kills Jigs all the time. Say, Mr. Nets, Are you sure you want the best? Sixers to win? Are you yes. sure, Tony? I don't know yet. Uh, come on. You man. can also like, say the absolutely. same thing about me with the Phillies. So, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> like, it, it, it's just crazy. Like, you think I don't want No, it's, I'm concerned. I'm legitimately concerned because I want them to win so bad that I want to know how they're going to defend all three of these guys. I need to know that. I know nobody's going to be able to stop Joel Embiid. Nobody in the NBA can stop Joel Embiid right now. But that's all you have. So, you know, when Tobias, who is playing out of his mind this year, which is great, but we just don't know what that's going to look like in the playoffs. We don't know what to expect from Ben. And now we have to defend three superpowers on the other team. It's just hard for me to to say, you know what, I'm very confident. And, and, you know, I have to see how it's going to play out, but I have to say I am very concerned. Yeah, and you should be. And I I have even voiced a little bit of concerns in that, you know, I want to see a little bit more out of Ben. I want to see a little bit more out of this team and bench, and maybe George Hill could be that answer for me. But I would like to see a little bit more, but I don't know if I'm ever going to see that uh, before the playoffs because the regular season just seems like it doesn't matter anymore, which is a yeah. shame. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at Cotillo 23 at Heat Ratio Sports is where you can find all of his work. He's joining me on the Dr. Glad Reed Grow Your Hairline, Fox Sports The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. I want to go to the Western Conference, though, because I've actually heard a bunch of talk about, you know, there are some teams now that you can bet in the West that could maybe win the Western Conference, like the Suns. Yep. Uh, you know, it was 
uh, Denver, but now Denver is without Jamal Murray. That's a big hit. Uh, but it, yep. it's being said that the West is wide open. My question to you is, is it actually wide open? No. It's, well, well, well let, let, let's say this. We, I think me and you could both agree that if LeBron and Anthony Davis come back healthy, that they are still the team to beat yep. in the Western Conference. So this, this, this is a big what if, right? What, what, what are they going to be when they and if they come back? So, this, so if we take them out of the equation right now and say, just for, just for the heck of it, they're not coming back. So we don't have to worry about the Lakers. You, you know, Utah, I'm not sold. I, I'm not. I, I, I like the team. I, I think they have a lot of pieces. Not sold. I love Phoenix 100% because I'm a CP3 guy. I, I'm a Devin <laughs> Booker guy. I love what they're doing out there. But I'll tell you what, the, the, the wide openness, John, to me, and, and not for a championship perspective, is who's going to be in that seventh, eighth spot in the playoffs. And I think it's really interesting because you look at a team like Golden State, who nobody gave them a chance to do anything this year. They're playing their butts off. And you know what? Steph Curry and Draymond Green have those young boys out there. Steph Curry's ridiculous. Steph Curry's ridiculous. Pass off to Steve Kerr, too, for keeping those young guys together and getting that, formulating that roster. You know, Clay goes out. They thought they were going to have him. They don't have him. I mean, they look good. They could sneak in the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, like you just said, Steph Curry. Would you want to face Steph Curry in a playoff series? In round one, no. I oh God, no, 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 absolutely not. Get him far away from me. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. So I think I think that you know between Portland and Golden State at the very bottom right there, there are two teams I would not want to face. I, I you know I wouldn't want to face them in the first round. So I think it's more about who can make noise. I still think that Phoenix would be the team to come out if the Lakers are not healthy. Uh, but we, you know, it remains to be seen. The Clippers got a good squad. I just, you know, after what we've seen last year and the year before, I'm just not sold. Yeah, I'm not sold either. Uh, I think it's it, the Lakers, and it's going to be, and it's going to be just like Joel and being the MVP award because it was yeah. oh, Joel's not playing, and so it's it's Nikola Jokic, and Jokic's having a great season. Don't want to downplay that. But immediately, the first time you saw Joel and B back on the floor again, everybody went, "Oh yeah, he's the MVP. That's right." That guy, Joel Embiid, he's he's the one. I feel like when LeBron James and Anthony Davis step back on a court again, everybody's going to realize, ah, yeah, that's the best team in the league. That's right. Yeah, these two are these two are pretty good together. They, they won an NBA Finals last year. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, it's just like an out of sight, out of mind thing. And then once you see it, everybody's going to realize, oh yeah, that Lakers team's great. Uh, so I think we do see that. Uh, but I want to do yeah. I do want to ask you about the MVP award though. Do you think it's Joel's to win? Oh, man. You know, it, it, the, the hard part about that is, you know, this all goes back and forth again and who's voting, uh, you know, how they're going to vote because I don't think there's anybody else, you know, it, it, unless you have blinders on, that no matter the injury or not, can't watch a 76ers game and, and say that Joel Embiid is the best big man in the NBA and means that much to his team, right? So, and, and I, that's the MVP you know, vote is all about. Who means the most to their team? And as much as Jokic means a lot to Denver, we're already talking about, you know, hey, listen, Jamal Murray's out. And I'll be honest with you, Michael, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is stepping up. Maybe Aaron Gordon steps up. These guys, they could actually still make a run. If Joel Embiid's gone, John, we have nothing. Nothing. Oh, yeah. It's over. Yeah. 
right? So just to show the dominance. The other night they were triple teaming him. Unbelievable. And he still couldn't stop him. So for me, no matter what, injury or not, to me, he's still the MVP uh, of the NBA. Is it maybe, if we could compare it, is it like watching, because you just mentioned like triple team, and it, it reminds me of like Calvin Johnson. Is that the kind Ooh. of unicorn, like if we had to compare it cross sport, uh, is that the kind of unicorn that uh, Joel Embiid is, like a Calvin Johnson on the football field? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, and to be honest with you, even if we don't even want to cross it, I mean, let's let's look back a little bit in the NBA, and I, I know people may say it's a stretch, but... The last guy to get coverage like this was a guy named Shaquille O'Neal. And, you know, no matter what, he could not be stopped. And he didn't have an outside shot. He couldn't shoot 80% from the free throw line. That You know, that one of his guys is maybe Tim Duncan, who I, I am a huge fan of. But I think Joel Embiid exceeds what Tim Duncan was right now. I don't think Tim Duncan had the repertoire that Joel Embiid has. And that's a scary part of how good this kid really is. And he's still only a kid. Uh, unfortunately, he's a big guy. His knees are going to take its hold. So we all know there's probably a three- to four-year window when we need to win with this guy. But I'll tell you what, I haven't seen people double-team guys like that since Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, it is. It's remarkable. It, it truly is remarkable to see how teams, how they're trying to stop Joel Embiid and still not being able to do it. It just, it does remind me so much of, of course, that guy, uh, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson in the NFL. Ooh. When teams are Megatron. Yeah, he was so good. Uh, and dude, I saw I saw somebody trying to, to compare like Julian Edelman with Calvin Johnson. Uh, like, what career do you have? I wanted to slap whoever that? posted that in the face. That was stupid. Absolutely yeah, yeah, dumb. What, what was that? Like, I, 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 it was I like, whose career too. would you rather have? It's like, okay, well, would I beat jo- Julian Edelman and just be lucky w- and, and have some good talent and just be lucky that I'm with the Patriots? Or be the most talented wide receiver, one of the most talented to ever play, just get stuck on a bad team in Detroit? Like, it's not. So, you know what the problem is? The problem is, and I, and I kind of I, I did one of my vignettes earlier in the week about it. I did hear that people, one. It was great. Right, well, because. People get too, you know, ingested in the fantasy versus NFL. See, these people that are bringing this up are fantasy football players. Who Julian Edelman was a hell of a fantasy football player for, uh, you know, broad spectrum of about five years. But if you look at NFL wise, it's not even close. It's not even close. So I just, John, I don't understand all the animosity about Julian Edelman over Twitter. Like, yeah, I, it's like all of a sudden, where did that come from? Well, I, I didn't know there were that many supporters, so to speak, of yeah. Julian Edelman. Like, man, you guys loved him that much. Like, man, he was good. I, was like, I like Julian Edelman. I'm fine with him, but I don't think he's that good. I, I think we can calm down a little bit with that. All right, last question yeah, exactly. for uh, for Tony Cotillo at Cotillo twenty three on Twitter. Uh, we have some win totals out, Tony. Uh, the Eagles are at six and a half. Your gut instinct, you know, I, I, obviously you know what's going on with the Eagles, but we don't know what the final roster is going to look like because we're far away away uh, from that. But it's six and a half over under. I'm going to go over seventeen game season, right? So we add we 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 um will we add an extra game this year? Is that this year? Yeah, that's this year. Yep. Right, so we're adding the extra game this year, right? Uh, so I'm all over the map with all different sports here, but um, <laughs> I, I will I will take the extra game and give them the over. I I, I say this is a seven to eight win team. I do. I, I you know I, I don't think that's irresponsible. I think 
that they have enough to at least make it exciting and they play in one of the worst divisions of football. So I think that guarantees them probably three wins, and I don't think they'll have a problem winning three or I'll say four more games, obviously, for the six and a half. So I'll go seven wins, so I'll go over. Nice. Over six. That's the thing that's going to be so weird when trying to figure this out is trying to figure out yep. win totals with a 17-game season. Right. That is so because, odd to even uh, think honestly, of. Honestly, John, if it was if it was the 16-game season, I'd probably go on there. Right. Oh, I'm with you. Right. I'm absolutely with you, yeah. Uh, it's, so, it's... I mean, because it's a 5-11 and 11 team. But now that I look at it, and I'm like, okay, well, this gives them an extra week and an extra the way it's all going to pan out. And Jalen Hurts could be pretty exciting, uh, could give him a couple wins with his feet. So, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Give me the extra win. I'll take the over. I like it. Um, at Ticatilla23, you can follow Tony. Thanks for joining me, man. Always, John. It's been a pleasure, my man. Tony Jigsaw Catilla.